Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. And today, my special guest is Elizabeth Silver. Elizabeth Silver is a surface designer with over 18 years of industry experience. Her freelance work has been featured in major retailers like Party City, Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, Five Below, and evite.com. She's also licensed her art with over 25 partners, including quilting fabric, greeting cards, home decor, and all types of gift products. She's also the teacher behind Start Your Surface Pattern Business. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Nancy. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. This is a big honor for me. Um, I want people to know I took your class <laughs> and it was Um, And I was a big fan of your YouTube channel. So thank you for being here. (laughs) You are very welcome. Um, Thank you for taking my class. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It's it's really something that I felt like I was lacking that business practical, Mm. all the information you provided. And I have to say your YouTube channel, because I had like binge watched all your videos, I felt like the information that was so um, valuable. And I felt like if she's giving this out in her YouTube channel, what would it be like taking class from her? Mm. So yeah, the information was great. So I went in a little bit about your background, but I also want the audience to really realize how business uh, you're, you're very business savvy. You've run your own business um, after you left in house. And I was wondering if you could kind of um, tell us why that journey kind of uh, that transition occurred. Yeah. Um, So I worked for 10 years, almost 10 years um, in-house in New York City for home textiles, designing for home textiles and for apparel design um, for Baby Gap. And the reason that I left those cushy salary jobs was because I wanted to leave New York City. My husband and I were looking to get Mm. out of the metro area, get a house, have some kids. I didn't really want to do it on the subway. So, (laughs) um, so, you know, we started uh, looking around and, and I wanted to get somewhere farther south, um, which was a little bit warmer. And so we decided on Raleigh, North Carolina. And I knew that if I was still tied to a job, you know, in New York, it was going to be really hard to make that big move. So um, we were already starting to plan of when we were going to to try to get out of the city. Um, but I, I left with the intent to build a freelance business in New York for about six months before we actually left the city so that if I had clients who were in the city, I could, you know, meet with them in person and hopefully build a relationship that could then translate remotely. Um, which to some degree I did a little bit of, um, but still it, you know, I have learned now, now I just celebrated my 10 years of being in business for myself and, I have just learned that it is really a whole different thing. I came in with the art skills already, but the business skills, the kind of selling yourself skills, the the interfacing with client skills, that's a whole different ball game that I had to learn on the fly. 
Uh, well, it was extremely helpful. I felt like, and I think what you provided in the course, I'm um, also my interest is in children's books. Mm. It falls into some of how you can promote yourself in that market too. So mm. very practical information. Now you also have a licensing agent and in your YouTube videos, you've talked about jewel branding and how um, you've grown your business working with them. Can you talk about how you knew you were ready for an agent? And then um, in your experience, what was it like um, kind of getting onboarded with an agent? Yeah, so I started working with jewel about a year after, maybe a year and a half after I started um, working for myself. And it was motivated by taking um, Lilla Rogers Make Art That Sells course, which mm -hmm. I'm sure many people know of. Um, I took the very first one in 2013. Yeah. And I you know, I knew of licensing from having worked in-house. I had worked with a few artists who were licensing their work, but I just never really thought about it for myself because I didn't see myself as a name brand, right? I, I was, I'm a commercial artist. I do the things, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, Vera Bradley or something that's super recognizable. So I never really thought about it as sort of a smaller, to be a smaller artist who would, who would license their work. But um, you know, it seemed like by finding an agent, I could, you know, that's just another avenue to get more work. I kind of thought, oh, this is just going to be like 50%. I'll do 50% freelance and 50% licensing. And the, the balance, you know, could be that when I don't have freelance clients, I can work on my portfolio for licensing and the agent will get the work. And that was sort of my reasoning. And um, that wasn't, wrong exactly but it wasn't all as rosy as I could have hoped and certainly uh it I did spend a lot of time building up my portfolio in when I was still building up my freelance client list but I will say that for me I haven't had um the sort of like the time to money ratio is not what I love. Like that, mm -hmm. I make about 25% of my art income from licensing. And at most it's been like, my take home has been about $10,000 after, you know, licensing mm -hmm. uh, agent fees and stuff like that. So it's not been a huge source of income for me. Um, but I continue to do it because it also helps me find freelance work and it keeps me oh. creative. Gotcha. That's really, I appreciate your honesty. That's just great to hear. You know, you are like that on your YouTube Yeah, channel. yeah. I just and give numbers. If anyone can know great. my business. <laughs> it's great. No, it makes you like, as somebody who is a student in your course, it kind of like the realities of mm -hmm. what it's like running your own business. And I kind of learned after I started into your course, I was like, I think I need to scale back my, you know, just kind of what you're expecting in yeah. like, I love what you say on your YouTube channel and also in the course. It's um, you give that advice, whatever you put your time and effort and your passion into, that's what's going to grow. And, um, you know, it's just really practical. I was like, oh, it really doesn't work. <laughs> like, I know, you know, I just it's it's you want people to understand and not have this sort of 
uh, sparkly version of things. Like it sounds wonderful to like, oh, you get all these licensing deals. And probably people see my Instagram and say, wow, she has like a fabric collection every like six months or less. Sometimes I do three a year, sometimes I do four a year. And then, you know, I have cool products on my thing, but that doesn't, that is, doesn't always translate into, you know, I don't have this million dollar business by any stretch. So I just, you know, I'm open about it, but then there are also, you know, certainly there are people who earn full incomes with licensing and that's what they've spent their time building up and they've really concentrated and gone hard on that goal for a long time. So, I mean, you know, anything is possible, but it's, it's, it does take a lot of focus. And that's great advice. And so what got you interested in teaching and creating the the surface pattern business course that you offer? Well, I've come to realize that I really hate seeing people stuck. Okay. So that's, that's what is kind of driving. That sort of drives everything for me, especially because this business is primarily women. Mm. Um, You know, I have just seen talking to uh, colleagues talking to other artists, going to like Surtex, and I, I never exhibited at Surtex. My agent does that, but I have talked to like I would go up to every booth and be like, "Oh, it's your first time exhibiting," you know. Like I'm like chatting with everyone and talking to people. I just realized like the most talented people have no confidence about marketing themselves, about speaking out, about reaching out to clients. They think their work isn't good. It's it's like heartbreaking to me. It's like what a waste to have all this beautiful artwork and and think you're not good enough. So that has really, that is where Start Your Surface Pattern Business came in. Cause I'm like, people are, you know, they're they're working on these courses where they're creating more and more and more and more art. And then they take another course to create more art and they want their portfolio, their perfect portfolio. Can I get my portfolio? And I was like, you have a portfolio. Like I, I barely, I, I had a portfolio when I started but it was all work that my, my previous employers owned. Like I didn't have a licensing portfolio, um, except for I had like, you know, maybe five prints I had designed. Um, and then I had work that I could show that I know how, know the skill set, but I didn't have a huge, you know, variety of stuff. So it's like, you don't need all that. You need to be able to show that you can do it and you need to have the guts to get out there. So that is really, you know, where start your surface pattern business is maybe different from other courses. I don't know, but it's like, you know, putting those blinders on, doing the few steps, the hard steps, but the few steps that there are to, to get, to move forward because you already have the art. And I appreciate that about your course, because it's very clear and direct how you go through those steps and the information you provide. And I started doing it and I felt like it just became part of my routine. It wasn't so nerve wracking. It wasn't scary. It. it was just like, finally, I was like, oh, this is what is what you need to do to get this is what people do there. that's the thing yeah. yeah it feels big and scary to reach out to art directors but as everyone does it every, you need to do it if you're going to find work and and art directors are used to it there no one's you know judging you because you sent an email that's a little wonky or something you know <laughs> they really aren't they're just looking at the art and they're they're moving on with their day so so i just encourage people to really uh just put one foot in front of the other. So I love that you got that from, from the course. Do you have any tips um, for freelancers to get their work noticed in the surface pattern and art licensing industry? Um, 
Well, to get noticed, as you, as we we're just talking about, I like to be more proactive, you know, um, and to be reaching out to people, but to, to actually be seen, um, you know, when you're sending your work and, and not just kind of glanced over, um, you know, I always encourage some of it is really about formatting. Like you want good artwork, but I mean, some of my top like portfolio tips are like zoom in on your work because people show little tiny boxes of the repeat and you don't really even see the artistry behind it. Um, show your work, show the work that has the most um, design design happening in it because sometimes we show these large collections that have you know, one or two main prints, but then they have a lot of little ditzy prints and, and an art director doesn't care how many colorful dots you can make um. and marks you can make, right? They need someone who can really do something that's different than what maybe an in-house designer can do. Um, so those, those things can be important. And, and really the most important thing is pay attention to what's happening in the market. Mm -hmm. Um, see what, you know, if you want to work in notebooks, go to Walmart, go to Target, go to Papyrus or um, Paper Source and mm -hmm. look at the notebooks there. What is happening? What are the subjects that are on those notebooks? Is it quotes? Is it like kind of marbleized? Is it, you know, scenes? What's happening? And, and work from there. That's awesome. I know you've shared your working process on your YouTube channel um, for the audience. Um, I'll put that in the description box, yeah. but I also wanted to hear a little bit because you're talking about how you're so aware of your business. And that's what I found fascinating. Anybody who's a professional in their category, they know it inside out. Mm -hmm. And I was just curious as far as once you've gotten that, client who goes ahead and hires you um, just out of curious I guess your working process like you know a little bit of that and then how quick are some of the turnarounds on the projects you're working on mm, that's a great question and an important one too um, well so it depends on for freelance work and licensing work uh, are different so just to kind of give a quick educational you know you know this Nancy but in case people <laughs> listening are confused um, you know licensing is basically you're kind of renting your artwork out you've already created it most of the time and they uh, someone who manufactures whatever greeting cards or or home decor or something like that is seeing that art thinking it would look good on their products and using it you're, you have a contract for them to use it um so for licensing you have to come up with your own ideas and you know after you've worked with a licensing client for a long time they might come to you with ideas because they know what you can do but at first it's really about your own personal portfolio but for freelance you're really you know, your portfolio serves to show what you can do and the type of style that your artwork is, but um, they are going to give you specifically what they need. You're creating work for them based on their specifics. And so um, that might be like, they're giving you a, a reference of like, we want a mountainscape, you know? And so here's some, some kind of examples and we want a really bouncy font or hand lettering. So here's a kind of an example of that. And it's gonna say this, and it's gonna be in this colors. It can be really specific, those creative briefs. So, um, so with freelance, it's a matter of taking the briefs and kind of running with it. Sometimes if, if there's not a ton of direction, I'll do a little bit of online research, some market research. If it's, um, 
a couple of years ago, I worked with a client who does kids' socks. And so I was looking at, you know, she she had some ideas, but it was going to be a whole line of socks. And so I did some sort of diving into what trend, what was trending for kids wear um, by looking at looking online and seeing seeing what was out there and kind of trying to to see themes that I was seeing over and over again. Um, but if it's a freelance project where, you know, it's kind of just laid out, then it's really just sketches. So I show the sketches to them and, you know, get those approved if necessary. Obviously, some of my clients I've worked with long enough, I don't even really need to run sketches by them, um, depending. And then, and then doing a first draft and that kind of, um, and sending it to them for that. For licensing, it's a little bit different. I have to do my own kind of research for what do, what do I want to explore? What's this topic going to be? I tend to work in collections. Um, so it's like, what's, what's the next theme going to be? And these days I get a lot of that inspiration from my agent because they do send a lot of trend information mm. our way. Um, but sometimes I just do whatever I'm inspired by. Um, I send out my own trend guides to subscribers uh, twice a year. So sometimes I'm just really into what I've learned from my own trend research. Um, and sometimes I just see something cool and I'm like, I want to do something, you know, in that vein or, or that gives me an idea and I just kind of go from there. So that's great to hear. So even as a professional busy with projects, you're still making time for like kind of like personal projects that you just want to explore and kind yeah. of grow. On. Yeah. Not as much time as I should though. <laughs> well, you're busy. There's always the shoulds. Like as you know, as a designer, you're always like thinking, oh, I should be doing more, more art projects, more art things and, and really being more creative. But yeah, with freelance work, you get kind of in the groove of here's what you need to do and just kind of getting it out there and getting it done. So it's not always, it's not always uh, super creative in the studio here. <laughs> Well, that leads me to my next question about style. So do you find that, I guess, more of what I'm seeing, like with the art licensing, they're looking for that kind of specific, maybe person style. And then with the freelance work, is it has it been more in your experience that you kind of flex and you kind of work to that brief um, yeah. to create? Yeah, that's what, that's kind of the, the, thing that I would, uh, I would say is like for freelance work, you know, having a personal style isn't really super necessary. Having that being able to be flexible can be really beneficial. Um, I've done all types of different styles. I mean, I have my preferred styles and I love it when, you know, I work with art directors who know what my preferred styles are and, and want, you know, that kind of look from me um, because that makes it easy. But I've also done things that are like more watercolory or more realistic or whatever. It's that I'm not the greatest at it, but I can do it. So, um, or more abstract, you know, a lot of brush strokes or whatever. So for freelance, that flexibility is really great um, for licensing, you know, it depends. I think it really does depend. My honest, to, to be honest, my licensing portfolio isn't like so straight, like so very much one style. It is, it does jump around a bit, but as I've just shared, I'm not like a licensing like guru as far as like my earnings go. So maybe if I had a more specific style, but one thing that I have learned over now I have over a hundred collections in my licensing wow. portfolio, which, I mean, I've been doing this for eight years, yeah. so that, you know, that's why, but, um, one thing I've learned is, is kind of what I, my preferred 
you know, what I like my designs to look like. And I notice which ones I share more on Instagram because I feel like they go with my style more than others where I don't really show them at all, but they're just in my portfolio in case someone wants to pick them up. So um, the advice I give on that is, you know, create some, create work, look back at your last five designs and see what you like, which one do you like the best? Which, which parts of each one do you like the best? Do you like your line work? Do you like your brush strokes? Do you like your color palette? Do you like um, the more realistic or the less realistic? Like what is it, uh, what are the pieces of um, what you've done recently that you like the best? And then committing to doing a, a new design using those elements. I think that helps kind of speed up your evolution, right? So then you're trying something with your best, you know, then do a few designs using those pieces. Did you like that? Did, did it come out good? How did that work? Okay, let's see. What, where did you kind of go off, off book and do something different? And does that look good? Do you like those pieces? And kind of, you know, looking, just, just taking stock of what you've done, what you like best about what you've done, I think can really help um, solidify your style. Oh, thank you for that advice. Um, that's great. It, it's very helpful. And as I mentioned before, you are extremely busy. And I was curious, I asked this of especially people who have families, because um, that to me, it's like, I always like once I had my son, I was like, oh, before I did not realize how much time I had. And mm -hmm. having a family can really, you know, it's it's wonderful. It's great. But like, how any advice or tips for work life balance? Because as a freelancer working from home, mm -hmm. I think those lines get blurred. They sure do. They sure do. Yeah, I have a four and a seven-year-old, two boys. And um, I haven't, you know, I would say that I've been lucky in that I have been really careful with my boundaries. Um, once I had kids, it just kind of got impossible to work on the weekends. You know, it's, it, it wasn't easy to work after 5 p.m. because they're home and they're running around and they're making a mess. So it's just not, you know, you just can't do it. Um, but I, I have always kind of, you know, childcare, childcare is so important. Like my kids are in daycare full time. Uh, well, the four-year-old is the other one's in school now, but, um, you know, it's, it's always been, you know, about having that support in any way that we can. My, I've been lucky that my partner is, has been able to, you know, help out as needed and, takes my my own business as seriously as his his job that he's employed at um and um you know the pandemic at the beginning really messed that up and showed me what the other side could be like because there were was no child care for six months and I was launching my course at that time and it was it was pretty wild and I was tired, but since then, um, I've been able to, you know, get some help in place besides childcare. Now I have some, I have an assistant, a VA who helps with, you know, emails and stuff like that. And, and she helps format different, you know, like blog stuff and everything. So I have some, some help, um, during the week to get through sort of the more administrative stuff that it doesn't, I don't need to do. Mm -hmm. So. 
Um, well, find help, find help. Yeah. You can't do it alone. Is the, That's the goal. Whether it's, you know, your, your parents helping out with the kids or mm. with the, whether it's, yeah, hiring a babysitter or if it's getting an assistant or someone to do, you know, dropping off your laundry or whatever it is, find help because you cannot do this alone. It is, you know, you need the support of other designers to, you know, bounce ideas off of and you need the support of of, you know, kind of like the village around you to help you get through, you know, do all the things because you can't do all the things. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. And like you said, what you put your time into, and especially with our families, I feel like, you don't want to miss out on those moments that yeah. you're like, you know, that's such a, yeah, so great advice. And so my next question is if you could go back in time, like try and travel to when you were younger, um, to your younger self and provide yourself some art advice about the journey, what would it be? Hmm, that is a good one. I'm wondering how young I should go back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I think just understanding that, you know, tell, telling myself that there is a place for all types of art, right? There, I can have always considered myself a commercial designer. You know, I never, calling myself an artist was something I started maybe in the last couple of years, barely. Like I've always been like, I'm a designer, I'm a designer. Cause I never felt like a super creative, um, you know, super creative, like, like a fine artist type person, which I'm not, a, I'm not a fine artist, but, um, but there's a place for that commercial art. And that's something that people, you know, need to learn about as well, because people come to me and they show me the, their artwork that is beautiful, but absolutely will never work on a product. <laughs> and, it's, and it's because it's not commercial. It's, it will work in a gallery, maybe, you know what I mean? It's not that there, there's no value to it. It's just that, um, you know, having that sense of what's commercial is, is just, you know, is super helpful and it's just as valuable as any, you know, as, as a fine artist, as a graphic designer, who's a logo, you know, who do, does logos as an advertising designer, as any of those things. And unfortunately, the surface pattern design world, I feel like gets, you know, doesn't get its due. People, when they discover it, they love it, but it's still sort of an underground niche. People never really think about, oh, wow, like these notebooks, someone had to design these notebooks until they do. And then they want to be the one to design them. Um, so just kind of the value of surface design, um, reminding myself of that and, and anyone else who's listening that it is what we provide is a value because like a greeting card without our art is just paper so that's that is a wonderful way of perspective to look at it and I yes I once I found out about it I was like oh my goodness I wish I'd found out about this that's what everyone says <laughs> I was like oh my goodness like I feel like I missed the boat like I'd always kind of questioned like who does that and this was like 20 years ago and I'd be like there has to be somebody and I never took the time to look at it but this was before YouTube so there was yeah, it was harder to hard. find information but now with like resources like your course uh, your course and your channel and other things that are out there I think it's really um something that people can can do yeah yeah are there any current um, projects that you're working on whether teaching or whether they're um, surface design that you can share with us um, 
I am always kind of working on new fabric lines because I've been licensing with Camelot Fabrics for probably four or five years now. So we kind of have an ongoing licensing relationship where either I'm coming up with something or more often than not lately, they come up, they come to me with something that, you know, they have a couple themes in mind and they say, do any of these appeal to you? And I'll be like, what I love about Camelot is that they kind of focus on novelty themes more than more than some other brands um you know some other brands are very like around florals and just but they Camelot does some kind of wild stuff and I love that because that's kind of right up my alley so um that being said what I'm currently working on (laughs) is a new collection that I just finished and I'm I'm still finalizing a couple of the designs but it is a lot of florals it's actually a little more traditional than I usually do but it was a lot of fun because it's it's kind of a loose design um a little looser than I usually do as well so I'm wrapping up some other coordinates to go with that um with that collection and that'll probably be released I think I always forget the like cadence i think it it will be released in like it's in in november or december i think oh okay cool that's exciting because i love the fabric i think it might have been for camelot was it the one that the game controller oh yeah 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 i like that one a lot that's so much fun was that for camelot yeah mm-hmm. oh cool. well, i had done it before and oh. then when i signed with camelot they it was in my portfolio and they want that was like my I think my second collection would they wanted to use that one for sure and then now it's been it it was an independent collection with Camelot but they've also sold it to like you know you can find it in Walmart and Michaels now because um, they've kind of spread it out Um, that's a very popular one cool I'm gonna look for it (laughs) next time I'm in the store so I was the last thing is um, where since this is a podcast and I will put this information in the description box, where can people go to see your work or learn more about your course? Sure. Um, well, elizabethsilver.com. Hopefully that is I mean, everything's there. I'm hoping it's clear. I just redid my website recently. So I'm I'm still kind of tweaking to figure out what's the most clear way. But if you go to elizabethsilver.com, you can sign up for my newsletter, which has um, a free resource library with like behind the scenes videos and um, like trend guides and all this kind of stuff that you can access immediately. And there is also links to my classes and my YouTube channel, which is got lots of information. (laughs) So uh, people do write to me saying they binge as well, like you do. And I'm like, I'm so excited that I've become bingeable because I I get it though. When you find that resource, the person that's just saying exactly what you need to know, it's like, okay, now I have to watch everything. (laughs) Well, Elizabeth, it's been a delight. And thank you so much for being a guest. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for having your course available for you are so welcome. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for for inviting me. And I have um, been I'm so excited about the successes you're starting to see with your um, with having, you know, taken the course and sending out your work. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to my creative life. Bye.